At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to another live episode of the Wisco Fanatic Show, where we discuss the Packers, Box, Brewers, Badgers football, and basketball from an optimistic perspective. Wisco Fanatics is brought to you by Cardboard Legacy, Wisconsin's most complete sports card shop. Buy, sell, grade, and consign all at their location in Oshkosh. Welcome back to another episode of Wisco Fanatics. That will never get old, I'll just say that. I want to say another thank you to our, our sponsor, Cardboard Legacy. Uh, thank you again. It's been a great partnership so far, but we're going to get this episode started. We're going to talk about the Cowboys-Packers game, and we're going to preview the Packers-49ers game, which happens tomorrow night, which feels amazing. One more sleep, fellas. Uh, but I'm going to start with you, Bryant. How was your week, buddy? Pretty, pretty, you know, busy week. Uh, I was kind of telling you I got a little bit sick on Tuesday. Then we had our holiday party that, you know, I was a big mm. part of on Thursday. And then today I finished up some tattooing. And then so – but pretty good week overall. I put a backsplash in my kitchen too, so <laughs> did a whole lot of Jeez, stuff this week. Man. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, so so I'm excited to relax tomorrow and Sunday, and then get ready for Monday. Well, Hopefully, well, I, we we know I, how you operate. You'll relax until game time, and then you'll yeah, be a stress ball. So yeah, that'll, right, that'll, that'll be fun for you. Um, Simon, how was your week, bud? Yeah, it was pretty par for the course. Nothing exciting going on over here. Oh, we had an earthquake today. Oh. Oh, oh, ask that. That probably Did released you like nothing uh, exciting, and then end the sentence with a with an earthquake. I forgot that happened. That happened today. It was like thirty miles southeast of us. Yeah, it probably oh, cracked wow. the ice, and now the Yetis are going to climb on them. Yeah, no, the Yetis. <laughs> all the narwhals start fucking coming through. Got to recapture all the moose they had penned up. Mm-hmm. All the bears are pissed <laughs> off and awake now. Oh. Hey, we were able to get Simon in on the play breakdowns this week, so that happened. Yeah, that's true. That was fun, Simon. Uh, we. Got you in on that. You you were a little nervous. I, I felt you were a little uptight, but you, you eased into it, man. It was fun. We'll have to get uh, we'll have to get Bryant in. Easy there. once you just start talking. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted you to just go. I mean, we don't really have like a, a set set of rules when we do that stuff, man. Just go. Whatever you see, man, just say it. And hopefully, we're gonna bring them up again today because there's a couple of really yep. really good ones. So uh, I know we'll we'll bring them up again so we can laugh at the Cowboys like we have been all week. Uh, it's been a fun week for. Everybody at work, I assume, because everybody knows a Cowboys fan, right? At least once. That's the caption. So it's uh, it's it's been a fun week for everybody. Uh, I know I have a couple 49ers fans at my work as well. So I, I gave them a look. I gave them a look at when I left. I said, you better hope we don't win. I'm on your ass <laughs> all week next week, boy. <laughs> all right. So we can jump right in. We can get to the stars. And we're going to start at the top. 
Number one star, Jake has the first two. We're doing two. We're doing two each. We're doing one on each side of the ball again because it's just another one of those games where you couldn't decide just on on one, you know, one. Are we just going to do both stars or are we going to go offense and then defense? I feel like that would be both. Give them both. Do them both? Okay. Um, So my first one, I have Romeo Dobbs. Um, Romeo Dobbs was amazing. Uh, Matt LaFleur did an an awesome job, first of all, of – of scheming him open, I thought. Uh, Romeo Dobbs had six catches for 151 yards and one touchdown. Um, also, we had some controversial comments on the YouTube page. Uh, I just want to address that real quick. He destroyed Stephon Gilmore, okay? <laughs> like, we're, we're not doing this stuff where, like, he didn't, like, cook him and he did cook – he cooked him, okay? He cooked all the Cowboys defense. safety was going to be there. The safety was going to be there, and then the safety wasn't going to be there. So, I mean, it is what it is. Um, I just want to say that he had, he had a really, really good game. Uh, Darnell Savage obviously made one, if, if not the biggest, impact play. He was my other star. Uh, he's my star on the defense. Uh, Darnell Savage had four tackles, three solo, and he had the, a pass breakup and a pick six. Uh, the pick six was an amazing play called by Joe Barry, but – Man, what a what a play for him to show his athleticism and his football IQ. I think they have to let him play closer and closer to the line of scrimmage and let him make plays like that. But I have Romeo Dobbs and Darnell Savage. Hey, for Darnell, I don't know that that was like yeah, a good play call by uh, Joe Barry, but Darnell definitely read Dak Prescott going on because he was yeah. covering the outside slant, jumped off of that and went and picked it. I mean, so credit to him too for sure for that. I agree. Uh, Scott, to answer your question, I believe AJ Dillon is listed as questionable. Yep. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, just King Ingbari, right? Yeah, he Ingbari is And McDuffie is probably not going to play, I'll be honest. Alexander's questionable as well. I mean, he had, he had a, he's a run stopper and he had a stinger, so, so that's right be- now, right now, the official injury designations are Enigbari is out. And then mm-hmm. Dylan, Alexander, McDuffie, and Whelan are questionable. I forgot about Whelan. Yeah, I think so. Interesting. All right. I think John. <clears throat> also, heard us reference a couple times play breakdowns. If you go on the Wisco Fanatics Facebook or YouTube pages, there's a whole bunch of them that we did this week, Jake, Simon, and myself. Uh, we broke down a, about a dozen plays from the Packers and Cowboys game, which will be the same after the 49ers game. But Simon has our number two stars. Yeah, uh, I mean, how can you leave out Jordan Love? <laughs> he, yeah, I'll get into him later. But yeah, 272, three touchdowns, zero turnovers. I mean, near perfect passer rating. What else can you expect? For defense, I got Jair. Um, he two uh, gave up two catches on three looks for 25 yards, had an interception on their side of the field, which led to another touchdown and six total tackles. Get a really good game. All right. Um, Bryant has number threes. Yeah. So, not that he's the third star in the game. He could be right there, number one. But Aaron Jones, obviously. I mean, the fourth game in a row, he goes for over 110. He had like 118 yards again, 21 carries, three touchdowns. Um, he, you know, more touchdowns in this game than he had all in the regular season. Um, so, that's impressive. Uh, we're going to need him to keep rolling because let's be honest, like it's been huge over 20 carries and over 110 yards in the last four games. And look what happened. We, our offense has been absolutely humming. We had one game where we put up like 17, but we probably should easily put into the thirties. Then for defense, I picked uh, Keyshawn Nixon, um, you know, kind of all over the field had, you know, 
11 tackles, seven solo, which is impressive. And then you had two, two pass defenses and then he had the sack. So like, you know, pretty much other than, you know, either intercepting or fumble recovery, you pretty much put a notch in the majority of the stat lines for the game. So uh, just, you know, a solid game for him. Uh, so, and I expect uh, some big things from him this game, hopefully. So. so I have the underrated performers on the offensive side of the ball. Looking at, you know, look at skill position, guys. I couldn't uh, ignore how well the Packers offensive line played. So for mm-hmm. my underrated performer with the entire offensive line, they allowed five pressures, four quarterback hurries, and one quarterback hit. Um, he was actually, like, um, hit more than once, but those were um, unblocked pass rushers. So the offensive line themselves did a very good job. And then defensively, this is a little foreshadowing. I'm going to come back to him later, but we broke down a couple of plays from Lucas Van Ness. And I've talked about him a couple times here and there over the last few weeks that I think he's growing as a, a run stopper. And then in this game, we got to see him do a really great pass rush and then not give up on a play and chase Dak Prescott down from behind, which, again, that's one of those plays that Jake Simon and myself broke down the other day. It's mm-hmm. on the Facebook page and YouTube channel, so you can see those there. And I'm sure we'll talk more about the offensive line and the um, and Lucas Venice later. But we're going to start like we usually do with Bryant. Um, Esmeralda asked, hey, guys, from Fontana, California, what do you guys right. think our chances tomorrow are? I have a good feeling about taking this W. I hate the 49ers. Time for the pack to win okay. after an 0 for 4. <clears throat> we'll I mean, I think, I think we'll get into it, but I think the chances are they're fair. Yeah. I don't, I don't think name, we're you know, some crazy Great underdog. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, we'll have a whole preview for it uh, coming up after we recap the Cowboys game. So, uh, Bryant, wide receiver development. Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of already talked about it, one of our stars, Dub, Dobbs. I kind of said, I would think either last week or week prior, like, hey, he's been he's been slow on the stat sheet, but he's just a constant contributor, and all of a sudden he just explodes. You know what I mean? First 100-yard game ever. Uh, I mean, he was open anytime he wanted in the middle of the field put mm-hmm. Stefan Gilmer on the washing machine, the one play, and then just, you know, <laughs> I, he showed a little bit of speed on the one that he kind of caught down by his thighs too. And yeah. then he ran away for another like 20 yards. And then, so that was, a, you know, a great play. Um, and then the touchdown, like he read that perfectly. And he talked, I think he talked about it. He wasn't supposed to be on, he wasn't the player on that play, but he kind of noticed, um, you know, love scrambling. And then he, he looks around and you can see him kind of look and he steps back and just finds an open spot. And then Love finds him. So he had a big game. Wicks continues to contribute. That touchdown was gorgeous. Um, after that, though, I mean, we, we I, honestly, I think that we could have literally talked about Christian Watson being an underrated performer because there. Were, I know for sure, like, I didn't go back and I didn't get a chance to rewatch the game because I had such a busy week. But there, I know for sure there's one play where you see three defenders just chase walk yep. down the field and Dobbs is yep. wide open. And it's probably, I think it was the first passing game of the game really big play of the game and think about how big that first drive became for us. Cause don't forget we were at like third and nine and then Jordan Love takes that step back and hits, you know, Dobbs for to midfield. And then, you know, the, the rest is history. But um, so the fact that him and Reed combined for one catch in nine yards and we put up 48 points, it's pretty scary. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, so, I'll give the disclaimer that it's 41. The defense obviously gave well, 41. Yeah. I'm sorry. 41 points. Yeah. But yeah, still. 41 points from the offense is wild. Yep. And the tight ends were a factor. So I'm going to go bottom up. So with Benny Sims, he played 13 snaps. I have no complaints. Um, 
he's one of those guys where it's like, I think when we get into the draft, we might consider taking a late round tight end just to see if we can get one that's a little more versatile. Um, and nothing against Benny Sims. And it just the kind of the fact of the matter is he was an undrafted free agent. And, you know, he just not that I'm saying he doesn't possibly, you know, have potential to bring things to the table. But I mean, the Packers are going to have picks. So maybe take a flyer on a guy with some higher potential. That said, you'll probably stick as a fourth tight end, or depending, and, on and that could be, you know, whether maybe Tyler Davis hangs it up or you know looks for an opportunity elsewhere. Uh, <clears throat> Josiah DeGuara is probably not going to be in the equation, so I do think tight end is probably still going to be um, part of the formula for the draft. Surely. That's fair. Um, Tucker Craft, he is the he's the de facto number one while Musgrave is still returning from his injury. Um, Matt LaFleur did say he's potentially in line for some more snaps, so Musgrave might play more. But Tucker Craft played 45 snaps. He had a good game with room to improve. So, like, Tucker Craft had a good game, and he could play even better, I think. I think he's his blocking is there, and I still think he's got a couple times here and there where he misses some blocks or he's susceptible to, you know, Micah Parsons. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's I'll give him a pass on that, but – Luke Musgrave, 15 snaps, and he still managed to find three for three for 52 yards and a touchdown. And he stayed on his feet. That's, uh, that's what Matt LaFleur was excited about. <laughs> on feet. That shit was funny. <clears throat> that was, that was awesome. Yeah. And the locker room loved it. Yeah. Okay. So, passing game distribution. Jordan Love threw 21 passes. He still threw to eight different guys. That's crazy. We still – we are now going into our second playoff game. We've played 18 games this season, and Jordan Love has not targeted fewer than seven players a single week. That's – dude, that's what negates good defensive backs. Because good you can't say, okay, general. we're going to put our best guy on your best guy, and then you're going to be screwed. And like, it didn't matter who Deron Bland or Stephon Gilmore were guarding. It didn't matter because the Packers have so many guys they can use. And I'm going to have a breakdown of it coming out. Brian pointed it out that there's plays where Christian Watson's gravity just takes one, two, three defenders away and lets Romeo Dobbs just sit down in the middle of the Dallas star and just rack up yards. Love that. <laughs> you're you're going to love this. I heard the, a funny joke real quick this weekend. Someone said, it's not a logo. It's a rating. <laughs> oh, I've, heard, I've seen that before. I like it. All right. So you guys are going to love this. When Jordan Love was targeting Luke Musgrave, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, Dontavian Wicks, and Aaron Jones, those five players, he was 13 for 13 for 250 yards and three touchdowns. Bro, you don't even have Tucker Kraft or Jaden Reed. Like, We got other players that could be X-Factor players. Like, dude, it's over. <laughs> it's so over, dude. <laughs> Oh my I've, god! He he targeted five players with thirteen passes and had a better game than Justin Fields has ever had in his career. Oh, <laughs> I like it. All right, so Jordan Love, the passing game distribution, three touchdowns, the three different players. Two of them were rookies. Uh, three players had three targets. Romeo Dobbs had the six targets. He had six catches. Uh, Jordan Love was two for two behind the line of scrimmage. Six for nine from zero to nine. Four for five from 10 to 19, and four for five on 20-plus yard passes. So Jordan Love, just fantastic, spreading the ball around to different players, different depths of the field. And Jordan Love, targeting the middle of the field, eight for nine for 146 yards and two touchdowns. 
I mean, the, the distribution is just fantastic. Like, there's there's no other way around it. Jordan Love is just spreading the ball around so well and finding the open receivers. It's it's fantastic. Uh, I'm going to come back to this on a, on a coaching note as well. Um, but that said, Simon, how do you feel about the offensive line? Uh, before I hit O-line, I thought – because did you see that uh, they were doing – they were interviewing Reed at his locker with the helmet with the, on his head? He yeah. Had, like Aaron Jones' kids' Aaron helmet Jones on his head. <laughs> and they were talking about Reed not having any catches, and he's like, I really don't care. And that's like – that's the things you want to hear from the receivers. Like, And they're getting out, and they're digging out some of these dirty blocks on the outside. I don't know if you saw the outside run by Aaron Jones near the uh, – inside the red zone. Like mm-hmm. both Reed and Wicks, yeah, are getting in there, and like what I can't remember which one was which, but oh, it was Reed basically got like inside leverage on a guy, so Aaron Jones was able to cut to the outside, and you just see Wicks like push a guy all the way out of bounds, so he was like non-factor in the play. Yeah, like, I think it was and, like I think it was Reed that pushed the guy out of bounds, and Wicks yeah. like pancaked the guy. Did yeah. You, did you guys see the Reed and Aaron Jones video during the game? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna, we should really share that. Yeah, that's that's some great stuff right there. Yeah, uh, Bill said, I love that stat. If you don't know who the ball is going to, how do you defend? That in yep. itself gives us a real shot tomorrow. That is absolutely a fact. You yeah. have to game plan for like nine different guys in the passing game. Well, I mean, if you if you think about it, we've had three straight weeks of three different guys getting 100 yards after not mm-hmm. having a 100-yard receiver. Yep. So that, that yeah, right there is just like – and then you got to think about Christian Watson. That guy can have 100 yards and two catches, man. He, yep. he could have a 75-yarder and then have a 25-yarder. A he really could. He's, he's that good. Yeah. All right. Uh, Simon, how do you feel about the O-line? Yeah, O-line, uh, what a tremendous week. And um, also, I, I think um, – I think Matt LaFleur's game plan to neutralize Micah Parsons was also just fantastic. Aaron Jones really stuck his head in, did a lot of the dirty work uh, in pass pro too. And there was just some really good heads up plays. Uh, one of the plays we broke down with Sean Ryan where Aaron Jones, he or Sean Ryan kind of whiffed on the block for Micah Parsons. Aaron Jones was right there. And then Sean Ryan didn't give up, turned his head and picked up a stunt. That was happening on the other side of him. Um, but, I mean, you can't even add four total pressures, zero hits, zero sacks. Um, I, I thought they did really good at uh, digging out some holes in the run game, too. Air, like another Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is Aaron Jones. But, like, also, I, I feel like I don't think – I think maybe besides part of the first drive uh, where Armstead got in there a couple times, or am I thinking of, I'm sorry, am I thinking of the wrong player? Lawrence. All right, yeah, Lawrence, thank you, not Armstead. Getting ahead of myself. Uh Lawrence yeah. got got in there a couple <laughs> a couple times, but that was it. After that, it was just free running for Aaron Jones. And yeah, O line, yeah, I mean, I think there was one declined offensive penalty on uh holding on Jenkins, and that was about it. What's up, Alex? Yeah. Well, you know when to catch us. And I'm glad you can catch us live and get some comments in. Um, Bryant, how do you feel about the running game? You kind of covered it in the stars, but man, it's like the last four weeks, it's just been next level. And it's like literally exactly what we're going to need. This, I'm, I started as I wa- started looking at this game a little bit this week. I'm like, it's almost the same formula to beat San Francisco as we did to beat Dallas. Yep. Um, 
I'll talk about it in my offensive preview, but San Francisco had a lot has some of the same struggles against the outside zone running team as Dallas. Um, and what we do, we started running that ball. There's um, so you know, like and, and it was just the fact that he had like 16 carries in the first half. You're like, oh, we're winning this game. You know what I mean? Like for for sure, he's cracking the magic toy number. And then when Dallas was trying to, he had like eight, his eight carries after Dallas was trying to fight in the, back in the game. It went like for eight yards. My, this was my favorite drive. I have it written down. I just pulled it up just to, just for, for you because it went Jones run, Jones run, the huge yep. play to Romeo Dobbs, Jones run, Jones touchdown, and the Packers went to from twenty seven to ten to thirty four to yep. ten in five exactly. plays. I literally wrote five plays. LOL in my notes. Yep, <laughs> and, and that's what I'm saying. Like he just completely stepped on their throat again. I I don't know what personal vendetta Aaron Jones has against Dallas, but I'm here for it. Um, so like. <laughs> He, like, that dude just shreds him. Like, yeah. it, it is bad. He's got, like, the last four games, nine touchdowns against them. Um, so, and I, the one thing that surprised me a little bit in the running game was we didn't see much of the reverse or end round. I don't think we've seen him at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be interesting. Um, I don't know that we'll do it against San Francisco. Maybe, you know, the Florida, he realized we're kicking their ass so early that he didn't have to get as far into his bag that he wanted to. And so maybe he has some of those drawn up and they can work against uh, – San, San Francisco. I'll show, share some of the numbers here in a few minutes. But Fred Warner is so good, though. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, he's all pro. Yeah, you're not faking that guy out. I'll tell you that right now. Let me throw this out there. As far as the the running game is concerned, I think it's wild that in one game against the Cowboys, Aaron Jones has tied the postseason record for rushing touchdowns. <laughs> right. It just took one game against the Cowboys, and he tied three. That was the goal. So he needs one rushing touchdown, and he will have the postseason rushing record for a single playoff. Uh, if we want to win, I'm going to assume that Jones gets into the. I mean, you got to be believing. You got to which would be really fun. You got to be saying uh, Packers history, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Packers. Yeah. The franchise for playoff. Yeah. Um, Jake, red zone offense. Red zone offense was uh, top tier, but. Cooking. Um, a lot of small writing because we ran 7,000 plays in the red zone. I'm just going to tell you right now. <laughs> and second and five at the 19, Love hit Musgrave. First and 10 at the 11, Wilson ran the ball for no gain. He had the, he had the first handoff in the red zone for the whole game. That's crazy to me. For, second and 10 at the 11, Love the craft for five. Third and five, we got Lawrence to jump offside, so a neutral zone infraction. Half distance to the to the goal, so a third and two from the three, and Jones gets his first touchdown of the game. Second second possession where we got in the red zone, first and ten at the nineteen again. Love the Jones for thirteen. First and goal at the six. We had a holding. It was the Tucker Craft holding, which kind of sucked because it negated a pretty good Jones run. Uh, first and goal at the sixteen. Love his dubs for fifteen, That's getting the to the one yard line. And then second and goal, Jones gets his second touchdown. And I don't know if any of you saw the TikTok of the the Bears fan crying, but he said yeah, second touchdown. Oh! <laughs> he was going crazy. So then we have our, our third possession that got into the red zone. Second and seven at the 20. We ran uh, with Jones, no gain. Uh, and third and seven at the 20. That was the beautiful pass from Love to Wicks. That was that was top tier. That was a, a dime. Yeah, we broke that one down. You can find that on the page. That play I mean, was super fun him, to talk about. Hit him right here. There was nobody else touching that football. The, the caption starts with Jordan Love is a wizard. It, he is. That was an amazing <laughs> play. 
Barry, uh, I would love if one of us could go to the game for California. Uh, the current trip being planned is I'm going to the Senior Bowl next yeah, week. That, that would so, be fun. As much as I would love to, it's not quite in the actual uh, budget Bowl. yet for us yeah, to be going to playoff games. Bowl. That's going to take a couple checks. <laughs> um, <laughs> first and 10 at the 17, Jones for eight, and then second and two at the nine. Uh, Jones for nine, and he gets his third touchdown of the game, and we just start opening up gaps. I mean, my gosh. The, the, the gaps that the offensive line is opening up in the run game, is it's honestly getting disrespectful at this point. They're doing it to everybody. It's ridiculous. Uh, this is the final one that gets into the, <laughs> the end zone. This is the best part. <laughs> Second and six at the 17, Wilson runs for five. Third and one at the 12, Wilson runs for one, gets the first down. First and 10 at the 11. Love tries to find Reed, tried to force a pass to Jaden Reed because he didn't have a catch all game, and it was an incomplete pass, but Jaden Reed doesn't care. Obviously, you heard that already. Uh, second and 10 at the 11, Wilson goes for seven. Third and three at the four, Wilson goes for one. And then the Packers are just like, hey, you know what? We're up 41 to 16, so fuck it, right? Fourth and two at the three-yard line, and Love somehow falling away, fading away, shoe untied, falling down, eating a cookie, sidearms a pass to Romeo does between 17 Cowboys defenders <laughs> and the fucking game is 48 to 16, dude. What's Matt LaFleur's motto? <laughs> hey, all gas. What, no what's Jordan Love's motto, bro? <laughs> one foot on their neck, one foot on the gas. I mean, I'll say bro. we can talk about it. You're probably going to talk about a coaching, but he took a little, he did he, a little, 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 <laughs> a little, little, <laughs> little uh. off the gas a little. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Um, <laughs> a little, little. Oh, okay, wait, wait, I want to go back for one second. I just want your guys' opinion. Is that dude in the Bears jersey not like the most pathetic thing? Like, I wouldn't do that myself. He just makes himself more miserable. Yeah, he he put he. I don't. If you guys didn't see the start of the video, he was like, "This is." My favorite part of the year is watching the Packers lose in the playoffs, and then he just he loses it. I I just I couldn't I couldn't do that. I'm not I'm not gonna throw on a Packers jersey, watch the Bears play, and hope they lose, and then video myself. My re- I, I just don't get it. Dude, if the Packers are out, like we're focused on the Packers. That's it. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna be cheering for the Lions to lose. I'm gonna be focusing on the draft. Dude, go back to the quote I told you all a couple weeks ago. Winners focus on winning. Losers focus on the winners. It's just so fucking That is what the NFC North does. They focus on us because we win. And now they're confident the bit for us. Plus, you know, they knew no more big underdogs this game. They're just waiting for hope that we lose. Wanted to send them a case of Kleenex. (laughs) So they can be like, "I told you so." You know what I mean? Like, it's just and that's the weird behavior. We're already all completely thrilled and blown away with how far we've gotten this year. Like, yep. Even if we don't, if we pull it off this weekend, great. If we don't, yeah, I'll be sour for an hour or two after the game. But when I really realize what During you know we game. did this year, you know what I mean. So, Barry said, "How many bandwagon Bears fans out there? I can't imagine there's many, mm-hmm. if Why any. Not? But the, my thing is, is when it comes down to uh, looking at a team that's been successful, is that you know maybe someday you'll be able to cheer for your team being good instead of cheering for our team to be bad." And that's really where the focus should lie. Um, Brad said we're playing with house money, nothing to lose, absolutely. And I think they're playing that way. Yeah, and I think that's like that somewhere some of the confidence comes from is like not having expectations. And I talked about this last week actually that I believe that going in with no expectations, you know, as being this top seed, you know, like Dallas was expected to win. 
Mm-hmm. The Packers were just there to get experience. Yeah, pretty much. And, and it, it takes pressure off. So, <clears throat> looking at third down offense, the first total, they were 6 for 10, which is 60%, which is great. First half, they were 5 for 6, 83%. There's not many things that didn't go well in the first half for the Packers. Um, so... The, the Packers, 5 for 6. Jordan Love was 4 for 5 for 61 yards and a touchdown. Now, going into the second half, obviously they were 1 for 4 to complete the, the 6 for 10. Packers did not have a single third down in the third quarter. So, essentially, all of their third downs in the second half came in the fourth quarter when the game was well over already. Um, all four of them came in the garbage time. The Packers were up uh, 41 to 16 before facing a third down. In the second half, <laughs> so I mean, it was the the three that they didn't convert were Emmanuel Wilson, uh, Patrick Taylor, and Tucker Craft's drop. Those were the three they didn't convert. Mm. Um, Scott said, "Hopefully, the defense shows up big. We need it, and Carlson needs to be clutch." Taylor said, "We leveled up from that experience." Barry said, "I don't ever see my time in the life of the Bears or Minnesota winning a Super Bowl." I could see that as well. Darian said, after this win, we've drawn a lot of attention to be a threat in the playoffs. I mean, you don't get to the top four in the in the conference without drawing a lot of attention. Um, even still, Bill said all the TV experts have the Niners blowing us out, just like the Dallas game. I Good. think our head predictions, we, we do head and heart predictions. I think our head predictions are going to show that we all think this is probably going to be a pretty close game. Yeah. So that said, um, going into special teams, Bryant, how did special teams look? Uh I would, you know, I have to start with Daniel Whelan. I mean, three punts all inside the 10-yard line. Uh, Even if Dallas wanted to start to try to come back, they were constantly behind, you know, starting with pretty bad, you know, field position. So that was was great by him. Um, You know, another game, another missed extra point, unfortunately. Uh, You know, so. Six for seven. I mean, the all pro on the other side of the ball missed one. Either way, like, it hasn't cost us yet the last four games. But, you know, if we, you know, we probably can't afford to leave a point on the table if we're going to beat San Francisco. Right. Um, and then I, it kind of did come out. It does sound like Basashius was saying they were, which a little surprised me a little bit against Dallas Returner, but it does sound like they're purposely, you know, kicking short. He said the one was a little shorter than when we probably wanted it, but the other ones were, he's doing exactly what we want him to do. So, and overall that, I mean, overall they, you know, covered pretty well they had the one bad one and other than that they had a couple where they got them at the 20 or maybe shy of it you know so for sure shy of the 25 so overall pretty good performance um and you're right like one you know six for seven is pretty good from you know extra point so good on him they looked all the kicks after that looked a lot more confidence uh i think we just need him to go out in pregame and hit a couple posts or something to get those knocked off and then go you know start making his kicks all the kicks in game but uh, it's going to be interesting. I don't want to, you know, jump on the weather report, but kicking could be a little interesting this game. So, uh, Adarian said, if you want to beat the 49ers, build a comfortable lead in the game as early as they can. They don't have a good track record when trailing. Yep, they can't. They have struggled. And, and here's the thing: is that we are in, we're in the semifinals. We're in the the second round of the playoffs. I don't think there's such thing as a comfortable lead, even. 
I mean, you can watch the Packers beating the absolute shit out of the Cowboys, and the you know the commentator is still like, "Well, if they do this and this, and they recover two <laughs> onsides, and they get two touchdowns and two extra points, or two tu- two two point conversions, you know, they can be back in it." They really wanted it to happen, man. Like, just <laughs> no, it was here. So, <clears throat> okay. So going into the defense, Simon, how do you feel about the secondary? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is. <laughs> If you like strictly look at the box score to this game, it it does not look good for how well this defense uh, performed, and that the secondary just overall played a tremendous game. And then it was just, I mean, basically the fourth quarter, it was prevent defense and let Dak hit all the throws and whatever. Um, the CD's yardage came from. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that was uh, kind of where it was going, too. Like, the two picks, uh, yeah. pick six by Darnell Savage, where he absolutely baited Dak into throwing to CD on the uh, one of the inside slants. Um, and, yeah, he just took it to the house. Jair's interception. Um, it, it, yeah, I, I thought they did a good job. Um, I thought Barry put together a good game plan on covering the CD Lamb. He didn't really have much going into the fourth quarter. He had a bunch of targets this game, but not a whole lot of production. <laughs> um, and then, as Brian said, uh, Nixon had what I, I thought was a hell of a game. He was being picked on a little bit, but you know, I'll allow eight tar- or eight catches on twelve uh, targets for fifty-six yards. That, that's not terrible. Seven yards a catch is low. Yeah, that's pretty low. And then his his play. To, I mean, he put on the speed to go down and chase down Dak for that. I don't know why he didn't throw it away. I really don't. <laughs> I think he just tried to pump fake Nixon, and he didn't fall for it. Yeah. Um, and he took him down, uh, great sack, and get him. he got him out of field goal range. So, yeah, yeah secondary, just great performance. Did any of you have on your Packers Cowboys bingo card that Darnell said, or not Darnell said, that Keyshawn Nixon records the first sack of the game? No, no, no. <laughs> we should. If I get time, I will try to. Uh, I'll try to make a bingo card for tomorrow's game. That sounds like fun. Uh, yeah, very simple look of disappointment on Mike's face. That was fun. We weren't able to get him fired a second time, but there's always next year. Yeah. <laughs> We're there for Jake. How did the rush defense do? You know, you look at the totals, and you would think that the Packers had a bad game because they had 25 carries for 123 yards and one touchdown, but I really felt little impact from the run game, to be completely honest with you. I mean, it's easier to say that when we were up 27-0 to zero and 48-16 to 16 at two different points in this game, so yeah. they didn't really have a chance to get the run game going, but I was a little bit worried about Pollard's ability being an X-factor catching the ball in this game, and, you know, they kind of kept him quiet. Uh, he had 15 for 56, and he had a touchdown, but – 3.7 yards a carry, you can live with that, right? Yeah. How big was uh, that one Dak Prescott carry? 18. He had he had six carries for 45 yards. Okay. His longest so, was the first carry. Gotcha. How long? Yeah. Um, he had he had 45 on the 123. So really, I mean, if you take Prescott, I mean, he and he had that long carry. I mean, you take Prescott out of there, we had a pretty damn decent game, in my opinion. So just keep hitting people, wrapping up, multiple people running to the ball. That's going to be a really big key against yeah. the 49ers. Yeah. Much different animal. Um, you got any more? No, that's it. Okay. Uh, Simon, talk about the tackling and the defensive line. Yeah. Jake basically just hit it. <laughs> There's four missed tackles, and they, that's just, that's a, 
amazing game. Love but, that. Yeah, huge Big fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was going to talk about that later, but yeah, Jake hit the nail on the head. This next weekend is going to be huge for tackling as well. They have a lot of players that can be dangerous down the field in open space. Scott, we're going to get there. We're really close. Oh, no. We, we do know. a section yep, in, the, in yep. the San Francisco. Recap, yep. Recap, then the preview. We're almost there. We're almost there. Hold yep. on, bud. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, D-line, you got something for that too? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like uh, Jake said, they were solid in the run game. And, uh, I mean, Pollard being their primary ball carrier, um, yeah, 3.7 yards per carry. Uh, and then I, I think I re- really the only slip up was maybe that they went up a little – too far upfield on that Dak carry for 18. Um, I, I think they struggled a little bit in pass rushing. It didn't get a whole lot going. Uh, Wyatt had, I, I thought, a pretty good game. He ended up with three pressures, and then uh, Kenny and Brooks each had a pressure and, uh, that was recorded as a hit. So didn't quite get to him, but we take those. Can I, can I throw something out there? That the Cowboys, they have three all pros on their own line. Yeah, that was kind of you know, kind of my part is like yeah. they. I mean, their offensive line is good, um, so it's only right that our players are going to have the struggle a little bit. So mm-hmm. my only big thing that was like that I was kind of I shouldn't even say mad at, but um, and it could have easily been unintentional was Kenny Clark's face mask. Yeah, because that was that was a big stop at that point of that game too. So. Um, <clears throat> Uh, Bill said, dude, come on. Sure, that all sounds good, but how do they do that? What are the necessary things to do to make that happen, and in what order? We're going to get there. We're get there. Uh, Bill said, the only thing better than the look on Mike's face was seeing Jerry Jones crying during his interview after the game. His lower <laughs> lip was quivering more than Grandma's Jello salad at Thanksgiving. <laughs> I think his lip was quivering because he's 700 years old, dude. I said, it to, I said it to the guys in our group chat. I'm like, I think Jerry Jones wants to fire Mike McCarthy at halftime. Yeah, that a touchdown at halftime might have saved Mike McCarthy's job. Because to be fair to the Cowboys, that was a good play call on the goal line. It was a yep. good play call. Like the, uh, if I, if I could just take a little detour for one sec, I think Jerry Jones should fire himself because part of the the pressure of being a Cowboys, you know, player or coach is coming from Jerry Jones, mm-hmm. who talks all the time about you know expecting greatness and stuff like that. I think maybe it's a time for a new ownership with the Cowboys. Not that I want the Cowboys to be good. Trust me, I don't. But I think maybe that's something that could help them out. Just saying. Because they have a lot they have too much talent to be losing in the playoffs. All righty, Jake. Uh how about the pass he rush? Needs to step back. The pass rush. Hmm. I thought the pass rush was pretty good. Um you look at all the good defenses in the NFL and really they uh, the pass defenses and good defenses overall, they usually stop the run and they get pressure on quarterbacks uh, by only sending four. And that's basically what the Packers were doing most of the game. Uh, Barry said, Jerry called Bill, and Bill told him, sorry, you lost that game, I ain't coaching for you. I mean, that that could be a conversation. Also, Atlanta's probably throwing a lot of money at him, just yeah. saying that. Um, not that the, <laughs> Jerry has a lot of money, too. I mean, he, he did the, the virtual draft from his yacht. I mean, what a flex. But back to the pass rush. We had four sacks. Van Ness and Campbell got theirs, you know, and – you know, garbage time, but hey, there's sacks, right? Uh, Nixon with the first one, as, as we talked about, and Campbell picked up one. Uh, hits on the quarterback. This feels terrible to say, but uh, happy belated birthday to this guy as well. Uh, we won't be having Enigbari anymore, which is really sad, but uh, he led the team with two quarterback hits. 
Uh, Brooks, Gary, and Clark each added one. And as far as hurries, Wyatt led the way with three. Going to have a lot of backing up to do after all that talking he was doing. Just going to say that right now. Uh, Van Ness, Walker, and Igbari again. Owens, Gary, and Smith all added one each. So, I mean, overall, I thought they were pretty solid for not sending a lot of exotic blitzes. Uh, Brian, how did the Packers do in the red zone defensively? You can't look at the number. This is kind of like how, you know, Jake was talking about the running game. If you look at the numbers, Dallas are four for five. Okay, sure. They are four for five in the red zone. Well, anytime they try – so, you know, they didn't get in the red zone and score until, you know, that last drive in the – really in the first um, half. And what happened to get them there? A phantom 15-yard penalty – and then a false start that they should have probably ran out the half and it would have been game over, or half over, right? So, mm-hmm. sure, they got there. Um, but, you know, when when they showed any sign of life, we shut them down, right? So they had the chance. The one chance they had to make it, you know, somewhat close, 14 to 27. We shut them down in the red zone, forced the field goal. They kicked the field goal, make it 10 to 27. The next, time, the next drive, by the time they get it back, they're down 34 to 10. They go down and score. They try to go for two. They have that penalty, makes the extra point. And then, you know, next thing we know is 34 or, you know, by the time they get into the red zone again, by the time they put up points again, it's 48 to 16. And they, at, with six minutes left in the game, it was 48 to 16. And yeah, we took our, some defenders out like Rochelle and Zay Anderson and stuff. We're getting some snaps. So Eric Wilson. It, it's really not a fair, yeah, it's not really a fair game to grade the red zone on. But when it mattered, kind of like the game prior, they showed up. Um, and they shut them down like that, forcing that field goal to make it 10 to 27 instead of, you know, 14 to 27. Then we immediately, I think the next one is that Aaron Jones drive that you were talking about earlier. It's just like they, they've got to be just dejected on the sidelines. You know what I mean? Because at that point, that was a tenant. It was a 7-0 run. It could have been a 14-0 run. Stopped it to a 10 run. So. If I'm not mistaken, that drive after they got that field goal, I think it was a minute and 31 seconds it took the Packers to go those five plays yeah. for that touchdown. Yeah, so I really, yeah, they uh, Cowboys are four for five in the red zone, but it doesn't tell the whole story of this game. Yeah. Barry, if the MVP was starting in week nine, Jordan Love would definitely be the MVP. Um, but yeah. you got to factor in the whole season. So maybe, you know, if they do a most improved award like we probably are going to do, Jordan Love could absolutely be part of that. But Bill said, I agree 100%. Jerry's been a great owner, love him or hate him, but he does need someone else in charge of day to day operations. Absolutely. I agree with that as well. Um, Jake, how did the third down defense do? I agree with Bryant what he just said about red zone. I, I don't think it tells the whole story of this game, right? Uh, the third downs, they were 10 of 16. They were 0 of 2 on fourth down. Uh, third and three and shorter, they actually went 7 of 9. Uh, one of them that we actually stopped them on was the sack from Kenny Clark where they called the face mask, so they ended up getting a first down on yeah. that. Anyways, uh, the third, third and fourth through six, uh, they went one for four. Uh, one of them, one of them that we stopped him on was the Nixon sack, and the other one was the Jair interception. Two massive plays. Uh, third and seven, and third and seven through nine, they went zero for one. Um, and then third and ten and longer, they went one of two. And the one that they picked up, the game was already twenty-seven to zero. So just had to add that in there. <laughs> I'm fourth down, zero for two. Dak passed on both of them and incomplete, obviously. So. I think the Packers stood up when they had to, and I feel like a lot of this stuff was just nuance. Um, Barry said the Lions will lose this week. We'll see. If they do, cool. If they don't. I'm not going to lie to you. 
I want the Lions. I want that. I want to go to Detroit. It reminds me of the Super Bowl season when we had to play the Bears to get to the Super Bowl. Yep. I want the Lions so bad, dude, because I want that. I want them to just be riding cloud nine with us, and then we just kick their ass off, man. I don't think they lose. I think <laughs> the Eagles are – they're too clean of a team for Tampa Bay to keep up with. I think Tampa Bay is playing well, but Philly was an absolute mess going into that game. You know what I mean? So I'm just going to tell you one thing, not, not that we're going to talk too much about the Lions and Buccaneers. Baker Mayfield on the road, 18 touchdowns and three interceptions. First at home, he has 10 touchdowns and eight interceptions. That son of a bitch – Likes ruining everybody's day. Love it. So you're playing spoiler every week. Right. Taylor said, "What Taylor wants the Lions to sit the little brother back down." <laughs> I'm with exactly. It. Uh, let me just throw this out there on Jair. His interception, not pass interference. That's good defense. He has equal right to the ball, so I don't want to hear shit about pass interference. I agree. Let's not bring up that dumb comment. Shouldn't, shouldn't have to be said, but uh, Bill said he loves Baker. I mean, as long he's, as he's not playing like against him. us, I like him. He's 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 got the the sack to go into Detroit and tell him the double barrel. You know what I'm saying? He is that kind of guy. That's why I love he's Baker too. Boots. I'm with it. <clears throat> All right. So coaching on coaching and time of possession. I'm going to start with time of possession because I have way more to say about coaching. So time of possession was surprisingly uh, almost even, despite. Green Bay having a defensive touchdown and Dallas running a ton of garbage time offense. Like when the Packers were running garbage time offense, they were just running the ball to three and out and punt. Dallas was trying to score. Yeah. The Packers were just trying to salt the game away. Mm. Barry said he has a feeling it's going to be us in Kansas City in the Super Bowl. I'd love that. Mm. I don't think it's what it's going to be, but I'd love it. They're they're losing. <laughs> um so on the coaching now, Matt LaFleur, Bryant mentioned this already, that Matt LaFleur put it on himself for pulling the starters early. We talked about this in our post-game, uh, our post-game live that we did on Sunday after the game, that we really think it's just like one series. <coughs> so just a little bit too early, they kind of started pulling starters at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Maybe yeah. should have waited until like the 10, 11-minute mark. Um, credit to Matt LaFleur sticking with the run game, even though it wasn't going well on the first set of downs. The, the Cowboys had a couple stops that held the Packers to a one, two-yard gain on the first set of downs. Stuck with it. And then Matt LaFleur, great, great, great call winning the toss and taking the ball. That first touchdown drive set the tone for the entire game. Packers went eight minutes to score a touchdown. And it felt like, it felt like the game was like a quarter of the way over already. Yeah, exactly. The Packers are winning seven to zero. Absolute punch in the mouth. The the Packers are now five and two when they take the ball and they score first. Cool. Mm. Do that again. Mm. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Barry said I had to apologize to Barry. I don't know. We if the Packers win this week and it's because of the defense, or at least in part because of the defense. I'll consider a, a Joe Barry apology for him. I'll Bro, it's going to get so toxic on Twitter. All the people. I would love to be that petty person. I'm not going to lie to you. Bro, there's this one <clears> chick, <throat> I forgot her name, but she shares, she she quote tweets her own tweet every day and says, I'm going to quote tweet tweet this every day till it happens. It says, fire Joe Barry. God. I am going to be on her ass, dude. <laughs> if we win because of the defense, I'll be like, quote tweet it again. It's, it's working, clearly. <laughs> Change all those F's to H's. 
right? <laughs> so, so on Joe Barry, I don't have any major complaints. The Packers put their second stringers in basically for the whole fourth quarter. As for people still whining that once or twice a game that a linebacker ends on a wide receiver, do you want to stop the run? Or do you just want to have six defensive backs in on every play so that yeah. you can have perfect matchups all over the field, especially when you're playing zone defense? Uh, those are pretty much the options you have, honestly. <laughs> so you want to stop the run? Yes? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then you can't always have five or six defensive backs on the field. Dallas ran 89 fucking plays. They did. It's going to happen a few times. Yeah. And we talked about it, and even rewatching the game, you can see it. I'm not going to lie to you. Devondre Campbell actually played pretty good coverage against Brandon Cooks. Yep. Um, so that that's really all I have on Barry. It's People are really, really, really trying to find anything they can cling to to keep trying to drag Joe Barry. And I'm going to stick by what I said. He still hasn't saved his job yet. But if the Packers win this week and it's not like 49-48, if the Packers win this week and the defense plays well, we need to have some conversations. So I'm going to hold that off until next week because that's when it's going to matter. But this week, absolutely no complaints about Joe Barry. He dialed up some great pressures. He called some some great play calls. Um, Scott said we got to stop Kittle. We'll, we'll definitely talk about that. Um, Bill said, is the resurgence of our defense because of Barry or because of the floor has been keeping a close eye on it for the last, week, the last few weeks? I'm going to go back to what I said on Sunday night that I think it's – LaFleur giving Barry some influence, not actually LaFleur, you know, like changing play calls or schemes or anything like that. I think it's LaFleur kind of giving Barry like a, hey, in this situation, try this or things like that, more so than LaFleur like becoming basically the DC. Yeah, and I and, I, I agree with that. Sorry, I, I'm going to stick to what I said, that I think that he's helping with the communication stuff because obviously, you know, the offense, he was working with them for a long time and getting them on the same page. So maybe he used some of those same practices that he had with the offense to help with the defense. And now things are kind of clicking. People understand the checks. People understand the things that's going on. Uh, Barry said everyone just doesn't like guys named Barry. But no, Bill, that's a great that's question. Rare. That's definitely a good question to bring up. But the other thing that I'll say on it is listening to Matt LaFleur talk in his press conferences – even if he is the one that's overhauling all this, he's not taking the credit for it. Yeah. Because he said in his press conference, I believe it was yesterday or Wednesday, that uh, when asked about the, the defense turning it around, he said if any if anybody could write the ship, he believes it would be Joe Barry. So he's giving the credit to Barry, whether, whether he's the one doing it or not, the credit is going to Joe Barry from Matt LaFleur. So the best we can do is take him at his word and he's coaching well. So we really have no reason to not believe him when he says stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> let me throw this out there because we've kind of talked about this in some of the position groups, but Dallas has nine all pro players, their punter, their kicker, their quarterback, their wide receiver, three offensive linemen, a corner and an edge rusher, nine all pro players. Green Bay outperformed Dallas at all nine of those positions. That's how I feel. <laughs> and then the last thing that I want to bring up in the coaching, and I have to apologize because I am the one that talks about coaching. 
Um, I haven't given Adam Stenovich enough credit this season. And really where it comes up is I have not given Adam Stenovich enough credit for helping Jordan Love understand how to change protections with the offensive line. Because we've seen Jordan Love do a really great job of that over the last by eight to 10 weeks of him changing protection before the snap. And as the offensive coordinator, I have not given Adam Stedovich enough credit for his work helping the offense with that and helping Jordan Love with that. So I'm here to do that this week. With it. Um, Bill said teeter-totter time with him now. I agree that if we win or lose, won't define his employment. How the defense performs will do that more than anything. That's a very fair point. Winning does heal lots of things, but in this case, Matt LaFleur has to know if there's anyone better that could come in and make an immediate impact if he's going to go in a new direction. If that's not the case, making a change for the sake of change is not the way to win or run any professional organization. That last sentence is perfect. Yeah. And and here's the thing. If the Packers lose and they give up 17 points and the Packers decide to bring back Joe Barry, I'm not going to be mad. Neither am I. And, and the thing is, is that People will be mad and fans will be mad and be like, how can you still do that? We're not here to listen to the fans. If the fans ran the organization, it would not be good. No. <laughs> it would be the opposite, which is not good. <laughs> what about that one guy? I uh, sent you a message like three weeks ago. That one guy's like, if I was in charge, I would bring, have us in the Super Bowl conversation every week. I was like, <laughs> Uh, some people really overestimate their their knowledge but <laughs> this this comment by bill is great it's absolutely accurate all the way through <clears throat> simon how you feeling about jordan love <laughs> uh, it's same as i felt the last eight weeks <laughs> uh yeah i mean it's first playoff game against the number two seed as a seven seed first team to First seven to win against uh, a win a playoff game, and I mean this isn't. I, I feel like this team's not what other seven seeds are, where like they're kind of like a pushover team, like seven te- seven seeds like limp in a little bit. No, they the Packers got on a really good tear, uh, like on the back half of the season, and uh, well, I saw something the other day it was like. The last four NFC teams' final ten game records were all seven and three. Oh, what? So I mean, the Packers are right up there winning games with the rest of the NFC, and they prove they belong in the playoffs by absolutely going in uh, Dallas's house and whooping them. And Jordan Love was a, a huge. I mean, if Jordan Love continues this trajectory of play, we might have to like just permanently not put him in the three stars because it's going to be a given <laughs> at that point. He's going to be like Giannis. Yeah, it's, be, yeah, it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> force us to think outside the box some more. But uh, yeah. it'll be Jordan and, Love in the three stars. Yeah, Jordan <laughs> basically. Um, but uh, I, I mean, this is part of it too, but hats off to Matt LaFleur for dialing up a great game plan and love one out there and executed it to near perfection. Yeah. And he, he he's but he's been able to make some got the ball. He was perfect until then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um the last thing I'll say is like in terms of like um rhythm throws and off rhythm throws, I think Jordan Love's proved he can do it all. Why I said it last week, 
I said it on Sunday night. I do not want to hear Justin Fields' name in the same conversation again. Because you cannot show me a single Justin Fields throw that Jordan Love can't make, but I can show you a dozen throws that Jordan Love has made that Justin Fields can't. And you could say, you could honestly, I mean, you can put him up there and it's like he's making a throw that any QB in the league can make. Like, he's nah. he's almost, I mean, <clears throat> um, I mean, it's too soon to like say, you know, top three or top five or whatever. Right. But like, obviously he has to have a little bit of longevity, but like in terms of talent level <clears throat> and decision making, he's up there with the best of them right now. Okay, Brian, get your stuff together. Bill asks, is anybody concerned with Jordan Love seemingly throwing off platform a lot of the time? Not really, because he's been accurate with it. I I mean, there I wouldn't say um concerned. I will say there are times where he does it where it's seem seemingly unnecessary for him to do it. Yeah. That's his I mean, rhythm, it could man. Be like, it could eventually be like, okay, let's reset a little bit and just, you know, if you don't need to do it, don't do it. But He's given me no reason to be concerned now. So yeah, as long as he's accurate. Yeah. Um, Barry said, "I like how we throw to whoever is available, and not just the one wide receiver that the other teams do." That's why, like I said, I've said it a bunch of times. At Parker, our purpose is simple: we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. During the season, like the passing game distribution might be my favorite thing about this season. Yeah. Um, Brian, how are you feeling about Jordan Love? Yeah, I kind of saw him kind of hit the you know nail on the head. Uh, just first playoff game, and he's just like any other game, right? He just goes in there and just dominate, smash them. <laughs> like he's reading the defenses so well. Um, I heard someone to this week earlier say, 
well, I want to pump the brakes on Jordan Love because look at how, you know, schemed open the wide receivers and stuff were. What do you – like, are you kidding me? For one, was he not supposed to throw to him because they were schemed open so well? Two, how many adjustments <laughs> is he making? How many adjustments is he making at the line to get them into those situations? A lot. He does it play – every play you see him, he's up there reading the defense and he knows where he's going to go. Um, let's see. The Romeo Dobbs touchdown, was that schemed wide open? No, that was a ridiculous throw. Dontavian Wicks, yeah, was he open over the top? Yes, but that is a drop-in-the-bucket throw that you have to, like, make. He, he double-clutched that one. Yeah, he's made some absolutely incredible throws. That throw to Dobbs was probably my favorite one, the one that after Tucker Crafts, you know, gets a holding and pulls his way back, and then he just, you know, Dobbs was covered. Like, there couldn't have been a yard of separation there. He drills him right in between the numbers. Um, like, He's just well, throw to Tucker Craft was really impressive to yeah. me because he's drifting yeah. backwards and throwing like this, and he still yeah. throws just an absolute same strike. with the Musgrave one. Everyone's like, Oh, well, he was wide open. Yeah, well, he had pressure right in his face, dropping backwards, and he, he still made the throw and got it there. So it's just, yep. I, yeah. I don't know what else to say. Uh, they, they say that like throws like that, they say hit your layups. Yeah, all you got to do is like it doesn't matter if you lollipop it up there because there's yep. the 16.6 yards of separation on that play. Yeah. He doesn't have to throw a laser that leads him to the end zone. He just had to pop it up so that Luke Musgrave, all he had to do was like, yeah. So like, and he still <laughs> ran for the touchdown and stayed yeah. on his feet. And he stayed on his feet. Yeah, most yeah, importantly. So yeah, just another great game by him, and we'll we'll continue to need it. Hopefully, you know, we'll talk about it here when Jake talks yeah. about weather. But Bill yeah. said Jordan Love. When I first watched him play, I was sort of sat back in my seat. I see the enthusiasm that Brett had shown throughout his career, especially early on. Brett was like a high school kid playing in a game way over his head, but he didn't care or know any better. And you know, we've we've tried to avoid making a ton of comparisons to the previous two quarterbacks, but there's, there's things that you can see that he's definitely got a mix of both, which I love. I absolutely love that about Jordan Love. And he's got a little bit of you get a little bit of the gunslinger, but he's also got you know the precision of of Rogers as well, and the throwing motions like you can't deny that there's similarities. Yeah, 100%. He's just so level headed, like and mellow, you know. Yeah, manner in a different way than Rogers is. Yeah. Um, Phil said, but then watching him make some of the passes, the placement of balls, some of them haven't been perfect, but Aaron wasn't on early either. 12 is insanely accurate. Love won't be Aaron all the time, but rolling to his left and hitting that throw to me sealed the deal. He's got a mix of both of them. Hey, that's what I said too. And he's got his own moxie. He's going to be good. How good is up to him? He's He's got all the right stuff and he's got the right traits. He's got like good character traits as well, which just really makes you love him more. Yep. Um, and we've, we've known it for the last two, two and a half years that he's got the locker room behind him. We've only ever heard good things about him. And Aaron Jones has talked about him going into last season already that he's more vocal leader in the huddle, and now it's showing on the field. You even hear, like, other opponents talking about him. Uh, Nick Bosa saying, well, you know, they have someone that's playing in the system, and I don't know if that was him trying to take a shot at him, saying that Jordan Love is going to – I don't. I didn't take it as that. No, he's, no, he I was taking it as, like, that offense that. is humming because he's not trying to do his own crap. He's playing what there's – he, you know, Matt LaFleur, who comes from the Shanahan tree, who runs a very good offense, you know, wants to happen. So, um, you know, I, I want to say, you know, everyone was kind of harping on Matt LaFleur last year. So from the offense, 
I'm not trying to dog on Aaron Rodgers, but it was probably Aaron Rodgers holding him back because he didn't want to do a lot of the stuff. Like, so he wouldn't throw to the middle of the field. Now you have a quarterback that's doing that, and you can see, like, yeah, it took him a half a year to really get settled in. We were kind of like, man, can we even get a first down in the first half, a couple of these games? All of a sudden, it's just exploded. So, yeah. It's Jordan Love has adapted to the system, and now he's thriving in it. Uh, Jake, how are you feeling about Jordan Love? So, Brian, you and Nick both are one of, one of the same, huh? You guys don't want to say anything bad about Rodgers, but you're still going to say something bad about Rodgers. I get it. I get it. Because um, <laughs> that was, from Bosa, 1,000% a stab at Aaron Rodgers. When you say something like that, you're trying to be polite, but you're, you're trying to say, like, yeah, they're better without you, dude. <laughs> it's literally what I heard. Um, but, man, Jordan Love, um, first of all, I'm going to go back to other Bills comment here but uh, you don't you don't mess with the the fadeaway jumper aspect of his game man it's like it's like in basketball right a guy has a janky looking jump shot but it goes in you just let him shoot a janky okay because obviously it works I hate when the NBA like like coaches like try to mess with people's jump shots like look at what it's done to Johnny Davis talking about Wisconsin Badgers kind of ruined his jumper to be honest with you uh, he, had, he had a smooth-looking jumper in college. Now he goes to the NBA. They try to fix it, make him look all professional. Keep your elbow here. Nah. F that, man. Just let Jordan Love go out there and ball. That's his rhythm thing. Let him ball. Let him do his thing. That's what People I left campaigns jumper alone, and he's still in the NBA. So Seriously. And, and every once in a while, he's a pretty good shooter. I won't lie. But he's still trash on defense. Don't care. Um, Jordan Love had a 99.3 QBR in that game. That's the highest in playoff history. That's ridiculous. That's literally Unreal. almost perfect. Like, <laughs> maybe if Tucker Craft catches that, he gets two perfect scores. But God damn it, Tucker Craft. I'm just kidding. Um, he also became the seventh player, seventh, seventh player, sorry, seventh quarterback ever to attempt at least 20 passes and have a passer rating over 150 in a playoff game. Stroud just did it the day before. So Stroud and beast. Love are on that list. <laughs> yeah, beast. It's going to be Stroud and Love for a long time, in my opinion. Yeah. Dude, Stroud looks um, so good. Not to be in the conversation, but he, awesome. he, yeah, we Stroud looks so good. Year. We play the Texans next year. That'll yep. be a Sunday night game. Oh, it's going to be um, so fun. Uh, so Stroud, Love, Peyton Manning in 2003, Josh Allen in 2001, Kurt oh. Warner in 2009, Rogers' first playoff game, Phil Sims in 1986, and Lynn Dickey in 1982. Let's go, baby. That's as for the OG, he was the first one to ever do it. So that's for the OG Packer fans right there. But nice. What else can you say about Jordan Love? He plays off platform. He plays within the pocket. He plays out of the pocket. He does a really good job expe- extending plays and just making throws. He's a gamer, dude. Point blank, period. Yeah. So I want to throw this out there. I mentioned it already in the passing game distribution, but Jordan Love, 20 plus yards, four for five, 126 yards, and two touchdowns. Perfect passer rating. But Jordan Love can't throw a deep ball. Maybe I love that. That's just gone maybe away. it just took a little bit of time for Jordan Love and his first and second year wide receivers to get on the same page. Weird. Yeah, who would have thought the deep ball is like Happy Gilmore laying <clears throat> out a punt? Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Yeah. <laughs> not 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 me. <laughs> Uh, Bill said Aaron always looked at Devontae first and forced to him on occasions where he shouldn't have. You always knew where that's, Aaron was going first. You never know where Jordan's going or who he's going that, to. That's not true. That's not true. That's recency bias. I'm sorry. It is. We have so many years with Rodgers without good Devontae. Yeah. Where Rodgers was spreading the ball around. 
He was throwing the ball to the running backs. He was throwing the ball to Jermichael Finley early. He was throwing the ball to Cobb. It was I mean, it was that last playoff game against the 49ers. I understand it hurts, but we're, we're not doing that. I'm not – we're not doing that. We're not dogging Aaron Rodgers, dude. He's still the best player in our team's history. We're yes. not doing that. Um, Taylor said way down the line, but imagine Stroud versus Love in the Super Bowl. I mean, that could be way down the line like three weeks from now. I'm just gonna yeah, I was going to say, bro, <laughs> three weeks from it, now. We it don't could know. be. I, it's not what I think is going to happen, but it no, could. So. It's it could. It's it's possible. Um, it's still a possibility. Yeah. It's yeah. It's yeah. It's definitely possible. So, what else can we say about Jordan Love that hasn't been said? Except now he's done it in a playoff game against a number two seeded, very good defense with an All Pro first team cornerback and a second team All Pro edge rusher. I don't want to hear this anymore. Ooh, it was the Bears. Ooh, it was the Vikings. Ooh, it was the Giants. Ooh, it was this team. No, because you know what they did? They were like, ooh, it's the Cowboys in the playoffs. Yep. I saw that so many times. I don't give a shit. <clears throat> and I will say this. Jordan Love is 28 yards from me having to run around outside shirtless in below zero degree weather. So <laughs> a little thankful that that Simon says prediction didn't happen, but it was 20 yards, 28 yards away. So close. Um, the, the perfect passer rating, losing it was kind of a bummer. It is what it is, but it's still the high or it's tied for the highest with CJ Stroud rating for a player's playoff debut. Yep. Taylor said should have done it anyways. Hard pass. I'm a man of my word. It didn't happen, so I didn't do it. <laughs> bro, it was negative 30 on Monday. Bro. Yeah, yeah, it was not, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> if if one or both of mine happened this week, I'll consider it. But All the right. last thing that I want to say on Jordan Love is that the last three weeks have shown that it doesn't matter how often you blitz Jordan Love. He's going to perform. The Vikings blitzed him, what, 76% of the time, I believe? Something the like Bears that. blitzed him like 14% of the time. And the Cowboys blitzed him in the middle, 38%. And Jordan Love against the Blitz was 6 for 8 for 129 yards and two touchdowns. Check, check, check. Doesn't matter how much you blitz him. He's still going to perform. I like it. So, love that. So now, check. for those wondering, let's talk 49ers. So, Bryant... What are you looking for from the Packers offense against the 49ers defense? So once again, you know, we said it quite a bit. They're playing one of the better offenses in the league, and they've done that quite a bit, or excuse me, defenses in the league the last few um, few games. Um, and they can absolutely – they will get after the quarterback um, and have less allowed less than 18 points per game. But like I said earlier, the Packers are essentially going to have to do it to San Francisco. San Francisco is what they did to Dallas. They need to stay in the game in the first half because San Francisco is the top-scoring team in the first and third and how can they do that? They can do that by controlling the ball, by running the ball, and scoring. Exactly what they did against Dallas, right? So for San Francisco, so San Francisco struggles against outside uh, zone scheme. Uh, the Packers run run zone like a, offensively run zone the re, zone game like sixty eight percent. I know one more percent, right? Oh, so close. Sixty eight percent of the time or whatever. But San Francisco against the outside zone scheme allows. 5.1 yards per carry, which is 31st worst in the league. They allow a explosive run percentage of 11.9%, which Damn. is 31st in the league. And they allow 3.6 yards um, per carry after contact, which is worse in the league on outside runs. Um, so oh, if boy. we can get that outside zone, 
run going against them again and keep love in third and short and, you know, let him just have easy, you know, not easy, nothing's easy against this defense, but a more high percentage third down, you know, conversions. I think that's how, how we win, right? We have to stay in this game. And one of the best ways to stay in this game is keep their defense on the field. Um, Cause their offense is just as a good as their defense really, if we're being honest. And, and can go crazy. Yeah. So it, for me, it was very awesome. similar to Dallas, like similar game plan, um, you know, and, and, you know, that's if the, I didn't, you know, San Francisco is going to be ready for it, right? But we just have to be just as ready, if not more ready, and ready to, you know, have the offensive line pulling on blocks. Maybe this is where we bust out some of those end rounds and stuff like that. So, I just want to throw this out there. It was funny that uh, Shanahan was talking about that they were scouting both teams yeah. at halftime, and then when the Packers uh, scored their first – they held the Cowboys to a field goal and then scored their first touchdown. That's when they started studying the Packers fully. <laughs> so they were, they were committed to the Packers winning the game. Um, Bill said, you guys are right. Comparison to other guys is silly. They're different humans and different players, which is absolutely correct. Jordan Love seems to be an excellent young man, and Jones believes in him 1,000%, which is credit to his character and his drive. Absolutely. He's going to get better, and so are his wide receivers. And OMG, can you imagine that scenario? We've been doing it all year. We're super excited about it. Um, Where these guys are going to be, the fastest team not on turf. Yes, I've had a hankering for this group to rise up to the level of those Ram teams. I think they have that kind of ceiling. It's exciting to think about. It absolutely is. Hmm. Simon, what are you looking for from the Packers offense against the 49ers defense? Uh, yeah, uh, they have a really good deep defensive front seven uh, head, headlined by Nick Bosa and Fred Warner. I mean, those two all-pro players, um, the offensive line is definitely going to have their hands full again, and I feel like there's going to be some sort of game plan, kind of like they did versus the Cowboys, where um, Aaron Jones is going to have to step up and be good in uh, pass pro again and get tight ends in uh, to help chip some of these uh, edge rushers. Uh, and then uh, Jordan Love just ha- uh, has to keep an eye on Fred Warner. He's an all around. I mean, he's an all pro for a reason. He's all over the field, and that dude does he he does not miss tackles. I, I don't think I've ever seen him miss a tackle. And Fred Warner, yeah, yeah, he's. In my opinion, the best linebacker in the league. That, that's no, my opinion. But totally um, even though it might be a little rainy out, I, I think the best chance the Packers have of winning this game is through Jordan Love's hands. Uh, I, I think uh, they're a little susceptible in the secondary, uh, get, uh, especially in the slot uh, slot corner position. Um, I think the middle of the field is open a little bit after Hafunga tore his ACL. Yeah, um, their their backup. Uh, he's a rookie. He's been playing okay, but obviously, not. As, it's hard to replace an All Pro like that. Um, so I'm looking for kind of uh, big games from the tight ends, and then maybe get Dobbs and um, Reed involved a little bit more. For sure, uh, Jake. What are you looking for from the Packers offense? Well, I'm gonna need. Jordan Love to continue to not turn the ball over. He's been really, really great since week 10. 21 touchdowns now to one interception. We keep talking about it. I keep knocking on wood. Um, that's something that's going to have to stay the same. Uh, we're going to have to run the ball. Uh, Bryant, I'm very proud of you. I was looking up the same stuff about r- the running game, and I found the same stat that they're 34, 31st against zone run, and the Packers run zone, zone run 68% of the time. So that is a massive part of our game plan. 
and it's a massive knock against their defense. Um, I would like us to run at Oren Burks. Obviously, we all remember Oren Burks. I do mm-hmm. not want us to run at Dre Greenlaw because that guy is about that life. I'm going to say that right now. <laughs> he could be he could be the number one linebacker on a lot of teams. Yeah, um, he is that good. Um, but really, just going to have to continue to spread the ball around. Let it make a make them guard everybody. I don't think that they have the greatest back end, especially since since the fungus has gotten hurt. Um, they have a couple of guys who are a little bit older back there. Uh, Ward is kind of really the only corner that's notable, in my opinion. Uh, but just keep running the same offense, keep playing with that same confidence, and let's see what happens, man. Uh, Josh said hopefully they get the ball and score seven right away off the rip and never look back. That's that's the formula. Um, that is the formula. I would love that. It's Bill has one question. First, yeah, I think. Do you think we go three tight ends and put one in the backfield to lead fullback style at least to start? I think either Wilson or Taylor have to have 45 to 60 to help the run game and allow 33 rest and not drop off. I want to break this into two parts. First on the tight ends and then second on, on splitting the carries. Firstly on tight ends, I do like it and it doesn't need to be often, but just once in a while when they have Josiah DeGuara as that leading blocker uh, by like using that. him in pre-snap motion and having him with a head start. I do like those plays, and Josiah DeGuara does seem to thrive on that at times. And who Josiah DeGuara's credit, he made one really, really good uh, chip block on Micah Parsons in the Cowboys game. <clears throat> so it doesn't have to be a lot, but just a little bit. And also, Tucker Kraft has been a fantastic blocker, so I don't know that you mm-hmm. necessarily need to have a third tight end on the field. You can stick with the two and be good. That's that's one of the things that really excites us about having those two tight ends is that you don't need to put necessarily a third one or keep a, an extra running back or a fullback on the field to still do what you want to do in the running game. That Kraft and Musgrave can handle that themselves. So that's exciting to think about it there. And listening to Matt LaFleur talking about the running backs, Aaron Jones specifically, I don't think they need to, to, to let him rest. I think they're going to ride Aaron Jones because Matt LaFleur has said it, and it seems like Aaron Jones echoes it, that he is the healthiest that he has been in a long time. Yeah. So as long as he's healthy – Ride him. Yep. You know, he's he's pretty smart about, you know, he. I saw him a couple times during the Dallas game, you know, calling for subs and, you know, they get Emmanuel Wilson in there here and there. And obviously we'll keep a close eye on A.J. Dillon, but mm-hmm. if Aaron Jones is healthy and ready to go in there, send him. Full send, Aaron Jones. I think A.J. Dillon plays this week. He posted a picture earlier in the week of, I don't know if you guys are Dragon Ball Z fans, but he pictured – Posted like a picture of Vegeta like resting inside a tube, and then the tube's coming out or whatever. I think he's playing this week. <laughs> that was Goku, by the way. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Goku. Was it Goku? Um, Josh said, yeah. hopefully, no dumb flags too. We know Walker is good for one here and there. I don't really feel the need to single out Rashid Walker. I just think they've yeah, well, we won't. So, yeah, yeah um, he's cleaned up his game a lot. Like yeah. in the second half of the season. Yep. I can't imagine it. I can't really think of any glaring. Penalty yeah. issues with him lately. I'm just going to tell you this since I wrote it down. I can go back and look, though. The 49ers are a very penalized team. Right. Hmm. On, on defense especially, man. They are a very heavily penalized team. They have 118 penalties called on them on defense. Wow. You send Wicks on a couple of deep routes on the first couple of plays, see if you can draw some yeah. pass interference like they did early in the season. In comparison, the Packers have 97 on their defense. So watch for that. And, <clears throat> and the officiating crew, they called the third most flags. During the regular season, on average, so. let's go. <laughs> just <right>. saying. My <laughs> last two things on the offense this, this week, this year, um, yeah. Josh. Uh, but with not picking up 
he had one dumb one. I can't remember what it was exactly. And then he's just like, come on, Quaid. Other than that, it's been good. I think it was just, he was just making oh, it. He said Quaid. No. He was talking about Quay Walker. Oh, Quay Walker. Okay. I was going to say um, Rashid Walker since week 10 has only been penalized twice. I know. I knew he was talking about Quay, but Quay had the oh, one. Oh, my bad. Flag. Yeah, I don't have any problems with Quay either. Quay had the one flag where they called the horse collar and his hand was completely over the shoulder. Like, Yeah. That was a dumb penalty on the refs, not on Quay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Scott, the Vikings beat them, I think, weekend too. Oh, I'm going to touch on that. Um, <laughs> I think I want to stay on the offense. Jake mentioned the interceptions. San Francisco led the NFL in interceptions. But Dallas was great at them too. So I trust Jordan Love to make the right decision and Matt LaFleur's scheme to get guys open. So, I, you know, going into it last week, that's part of what having all of these guys available in the passing game can do, that you don't have to panic to try to find a guy. Just trust your progressions and find the open guy, and if not, take your checkdowns. And Jordan Love has done that, so I'm confident that he'll make those right decisions. And the last thing I want to say is Peter Schrager made a very, very good point on the the Packers 49ers recent playoff history that the Packers have tons of roster turnover since the last time they've played, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. So, you know, looking at it as like, oh, the Packers are going to remember what happened to them the last time they played. It's like they're probably really not. <laughs> there's, there's not many guys left, especially on the offense from the Packers team when the last time they played the 49ers in the playoffs. Chris so, there's, you know, there's, you know the ago. exercising demons, which, you know, it is what it is. But Matt LaFleur is still the head coach. But most of the guys on the team weren't on the team when that, that 10 to 7 loss happened. Yeah. So, I'm not super worried about that. Switching over to defense, Bryant, what are you looking for from the Packers' defense against the 49ers' offense? Yeah, so obviously McCaffrey is key, right? Um, and they're three, they had like a three-game losing streak. And that game, those three games, the highest that McCaffrey went for was like 54 yards in those three games. Uh, they absolutely have to key on McCaffrey. This, game, this team goes through the run. Uh, Brock Purdy's very good. Don't get me wrong. Thrown for like 257 yards a game or whatever. But when McCaffrey's struggling to get going, Purdy can start, you know, struggle to start get going. Um, we don't have to completely stop him, but we need to slow him down. Uh, only way I see really them us beating them is getting quick pressure and consistent pressure on Purdy. Um, and that is very possible through the right side of this offensive line. Um, they're very porous on their right off. Like I've been calling for a Gary, uh, Rashawn Gary game for you know for weeks. He I feel like you know yeah he gets the pressures and stuff, but he hasn't really made an impact since he's had a half sack since the Chiefs game, right? Like seven games ago. Well, last time he was in San Francisco, he had two sacks in the first half. So uh, maybe he can you know reignite that a little bit. But that right side of offensive line has given up 18 of the team's 34 sacks, and that right tackle has given up nine sacks on the air. Um, we need him to be torn apart. So I think they need to attack that right side of the offense line and produce they, but they need to get home quickly. So I'm, I'm thinking maybe on some third and mid to third and long plays, maybe they, you know, if they're going to bring a blitz or something overside over overload that right side and get someone through. Cause it seems like they're having a lot, both of their PFF grades, the guard and the tackle on that side are like the fifties They're They, they have not been good all year. Um, so they need. I feel like they need to attack that right side of the offensive line and just try to slow down CMC as much as they can. And I, th- you know, for me, if this defense can hold us in this game in the first half and we have a chance to win this game in the fourth quarter, that's how we pull this out. I think. <clears throat> Simon, what are you thinking for the Packers' defense against the 49ers' offense? 
Uh, I had a lot of basically what uh, Bryant just said, um, but I also want to kick in there that Joe Barry uh, choosing his blitz packages with some of uh, some of the players that you don't expect. I think could be huge, um, kind of um, tricking that uh, right side of the offensive line. Um, but yeah, I pretty much had echoed what Bryant said to keep the play action to to a minimum, uh, get them in you know, the second and third and longs uh, where, you know, they can't really utilize play action like the way they like to. Bill, Bill, you son of a gun, reading right out of my notes. Bill asked, hmm. do you think they'll have a spy on McCaffrey? So <clears throat> my notes verbatim say Christian McCaffrey is amazing, easily one of my favorite players, and arguably the best dual threat in the NFL. Hmm. I'd almost consider using Quay Walker as a spy on Christian McCaffrey instead of the quarterback. I would strongly consider it, Bill. And it doesn't have to be every play, but, I mean, I think it's definitely going to be something that's worth bringing up, and I would consider it. I mean, McCaffrey's so good at catching, I think he could be a wide receiver one on about half the teams in the NFL. I'm not even shitting you. You got to tackle that dude. That's a big thing. You got to bring him to the ground. If you get a chance at him, you cannot let him loose. Yeah, he's... So my other things on the offense are, um, Eric said turnovers will be key in this game. And we're going to get to that too. That's going to come up. Uh, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel are a great duo, but the Packers have shown versus Minnesota that without Jair Alexander even, they're capable of defending multiple stud wide receivers. Hmm. So I'm, I'm not, and I'm not to say that like you know I'm not worried about it or anything like that. I'm just saying that they've shown the capability. And the last, I'll, I'll let Jake talk about the defense because I want to say something that's a little more like all-encompassing. But Jake, what are you looking for from the Packers defense? All right, buckle up, boys. This is where I did a lot of research. So, Bryant, I'm going to continue off of what you were saying, right? You were talking about that right tackle, Colton McKivitz. He did give up nine sacks. He also gave up four hits, 34 hurries, and he had two penalties. Uh, the right guard, Spencer Burford, uh, he, he gave up five sacks, two hits, 26 hurries, and he had nine penalties. Damn. The center, Jake Brendel, had two sacks, three hits, 24 hurries, and one penalty. So they gave up 16 of the 18 sacks the team gave up. They gave up nine of the 23 hits, 38%, 88% of the sacks. They gave up 84 of the 146 hurries. That's 58%. And they gave up tw- – they had 12 of the 13 penalties called on the offensive line. That is 92%. Yikes. That's the weak point, right? So then continuing with the, on the offensive line – they are 20th in pass block win rate, and they are 23rd in run block win rate. Attack them, win the goddamn line of scrimmage, because if you let these, these these top four guys get out there, we're talking Debo, we're talking Ayuk, CMC, and Kittle, right? Debo averages 8.8 yards after catch. Every catch, 8.8 is his average after the catch. He's he the guy you got to bring down. He doesn't want the title. He's called a wide receiver. He is literally the greatest gadget player in NFL history. I don't care what anybody says. You can line him up at any spot on the field. He's going to catch it. He's going to run it. He's going to get you a lot of yards. Right? He's like a dual threat the opposite way, whereas yeah, like Chris is. McCaffrey is like a running back who can receive yeah. really well. Like Debo is a receiver who can run really well. Right. So they had 2,209 total yak yards this year, run after catch, right, or rack, yak, Jesus. whatever you want to call it. 1,853 of them came from the big four. That is an average of 102.9 per game from those players. Wow. 
We are going to have to control that. So I wrote in capital letters three times, tackle, tackle, and tackle. If we do that, we'll be okay. But it's hard to tackle them. They're very good. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, the last thing I want to say before we get into some of these segments here is Matt LaFleur brought up rhythm. So people are asking Matt LaFleur, like, you know, how does this compare to the last time he played in the playoffs? Uh, Matt LaFleur brought up now that they're on the other side of the coin, whereas the last two times they played in the playoffs, the Packers were the one seed and they had a bye. Matt LaFleur brought up the rhythm of not having a first-round bye compared to previous matchups where the Packers have just been able to keep rolling, keep rolling, keep rolling. They beat up on Minnesota, they beat Chicago, and they destroyed Dallas, and now that's fed into their confidence. They haven't been, you know, just sitting around waiting to find out who their opponent is going to be. The Packers are just rolling. So I wanted to throw that out there. Oh, Taylor said don't forget to tackle. That's true. Please do not forget. Have your tackling shoes on, your tackling pads on, your tackling helmet. Just please tackle. What do uh, what do tackling shoes look like? Um, uh, ask Quay Walker. <laughs> All right, Simon, give me the matchup that you're watching. Uh, Packers defensive line versus the 49ers O line. Ooh, that makes like sense. Uh, Bryant. Yeah, same thing. I just called, but I called out Gary versus McKibbitz. Okay, I mm-hmm. like it. Jake, what's your matchup to watch? Jaden Reed versus the Nickelback for the 49ers, Isaiah Oliver. Here's Oliver's stats. You guys are good. Tyler, I already gave you a preview. I told you I'm on board. He has 10 missed tackles this year, so that's their weak point right there. Bowling shoes of better colors. I agree. Bowling shoes of better colors. (laughs) He has been targeted 51 times, and he's given up 46 receptions. Damn. He is a little rough, right? (laughs) 320 yards, a seven-yard average every catch, right? 164 rack, three touchdowns, one interception, one pass breakup, 104.2 quarterback rating when targeted. Oh, right. take those. Jaden Reed is going to fillet this motherfucker. <laughs> Cannot wait. All right, I'm glad that mine was able to go unnoticed here. I put in work on this too. So mine is Brock Purdy versus the Packers secondary. All right. The Packers were able to generate two picks versus Dallas. Brock Purdy has nine interceptions in the four losses that he played in. He didn't play in their last loss of the season. Brock Purdy has nine interceptions in four losses, and in three of those four losses, he had two or more interceptions. Yep. So I'm watching Brock Purdy versus the Packers secondary. I like this. Simon, who is your X Factor? I have the Packers tight ends. Uh, I like it. I like it. Bryant, who's your X Factor? I won vanilla. I put Aaron Jones. Like I just, I think if we're going to beat this team and continue to go on, it's going to all stem through Aaron Jones and his ability to continue to run the ball the way he has. All right, Jake, who's your X factor? I think the Beatles said it best when they said, "All you need is love." <laughs> that was a stretch, bro. <laughs> no, 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 it was not. All you need is love. Jordan Love was the X factor last week. Oh he man, could be the X factor this week. He's been the X factor for this win streak. I'm I'm glad that I was able to keep this one for myself as well. I went with Lucas Van Ness. I know I'm asking a oh, lot, okay. But as the number three edge rusher, if he can make a big impact, I think the Packers will have a very good chance to win this game. Hey, bringing uh, that up, uh, talking about that, what do you guys think? 
I know Malfoy was like, oh, I think Brenton Cox or someone else will step up. I don't think that's the case. I, I, it's late in the season. I think Preston Smith, Gary, and Van Ness need to be just on the field, right? We have a lot of times, this will be good for Van Ness because he hasn't got to be on the field a lot with Preston Smith or Gary. So, you know, people are probably more scared of Van Ness rushing the match than they were against Angbari, if I'm being 100% honest. But, like, we're, there's no reason for us to force Brenton Cox to have 30 snaps in this game. He wouldn't like, be I, playing 30. I was going to say if he plays at all, it would be like, like 10 but or think, It better be because think about Gary. We had 89 snaps on um, defense last game. I know we benched some people. He played 39, I think it was, 39 or 40 snaps. a lot of garbage time in, it, in that yeah, game. So, but either way, I'm just saying, like, they're, like, it's time for them to just, you know, reach another level like Preston Smith did to get that sack and just – um, against back and like this is it this is now or never time so yeah. you know as much as you know get brenton a few snaps but there's no reason for you know them to go wild with it or them but to I automatically like, okay Lucas Van Ness is on the field let's automatically put cox on there no and i don't think that's going to be the case um i think they'll probably try to rotate the three of them in but let me also throw this out there. I could see them using Quay Walker as an outside linebacker a little bit too, especially if they've McDuffie. already been doing it, basically. <laughs> yeah, if, and if, especially if McDuffie plays, then I could definitely yeah. see them doing that more too. Definitely. Um, <laughs> Simon, what is your key to the game? Uh, yeah, slow down the 49ers run game and play action. Makes sense. Uh, Bryant, what's your key? Uh, so I honestly didn't even delete it from my last one. Sustain long drives and keep our um, our defense off the field. So, hey. last, last week. Me too. I didn't. I I kept the same one too, but sustained drives. Um, San Francisco <laughs> is top ten in basically everything, but time of possession is their lowest at eighth. San Francisco's mm. four losses, they lost the time of possession in all of them. Mm. And again, I'm not counting that last game of the season because they weren't playing a bunch of starters. So their four losses, they lost time of possession in all four of them. Okay. So Jake, what's your key to the game? So I kind of uh, foreshadowed this when I talked about the pass rush from the Cowboys game where you look at all the good defenses, they really only rush four and they're allowed to drop eight back in the coverage, right, or seven back in the coverage. Seven. Math. <laughs> yeah. so, I was say, like, if they're getting away with 12, man, like, fuck it. Yeah, 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 right? Yeah, they might as well, right? Um, but I went Packers D-line depth versus 49ers D-line depth. I think whatever team's depth shows stronger, you know, we talk about depth through – the wide receivers, the tight ends, all these positions, right? But I don't think enough people talk about our D-line depth enough. You know, I'm talking Wyatt, Brooks, Wooden, Kenny. I added Smith and Gary in there since they primarily just rush the pass, but they do drop back every once in a while. But And then you got Bosa, Young, Armstrong, Randy, Gregory, and Hargrave over there for the 49ers. So I think whatever position group over there, you know, for, for either team kind of wins their matchup and kind of owns the line of scrimmage, I think that'll determine a lot for this football game. I like it. Uh, Jake, what's the weather looking like? Barry? Okay, uh, unresponsive. Um, weather report, 55 degrees, periods of rain, it says. And then if you, you scroll down a little bit on the screen, it says 94% chance of rain. Oh, it's going to rain. <laughs> I was going to play it, but <laughs> you, you, you didn't really like my, my, my Beatles joke, so I didn't play it. I have it up on the phone, though. But uh, winds south, south, southeast at 8 miles per hour, 99% chance of cloud coverage and 99% chance of the Packers winning. That's my prediction. Here we go. I like it. I don't know how Canada weather for us, to be honest. I feel like they're a better they, – they're more equipped to stop the run than us lately, but it's going to be it's going to be a game of the trenches if it's raining the whole time. If they're running, they're running left, so just yeah. 
heavy left side. The ball being slippery does not benefit Brock Purdy either. No, it does not. He's played horrible in the rain. Just going to say that. No, I'll say that. Ravens game. Next. Okay. Score predictions. Simon, I'm going to you first. What's your score prediction from the head? You're deflating an air mattress over there. I changed my score prediction like six times because I – it's I, so I, hard. To, it's so hard to choose against the Packers because is. they've playing. They've been playing such good ball lately. Probably do too. And it, I also debated on which what 49ers team, what kind of 49ers team are we getting based off of where they've been resting? Are they going to come out slump or sluggish, or are they well rested and they're just going to take off? I have us losing this game. I it, it's hard to imagine us going into Santa Clara and beating the crap out of the 49ers the same way we did Dallas. I know we said that last week, but I think the 49ers are just such a superior team to even Dallas. So I have us losing 31 to 23. I don't hate it. What do you got, Bryant? 31 to 23. <laughs> wow. Yeah, kind of like Simon said, you know, hopefully, I don't want to say they're feeling themselves a little bit after last week. They've been in, and hopefully they prove us wrong, but like, I feel like that was such a huge victory for them last week. And now San Francisco ain't sleeping on us, right? Maybe if we just barely squeaked out of Dallas and we both played like crap, they're probably like, oh, yeah, we're whatever this team is, nothing. We woke him up. Like, he started watching video on us halfway through the second quarter. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I think we have to pull some stops. I have a bonus uh, Simon Says prediction today. You would. Um, <laughs> playoff version. But, you know, I think, you know, we have a chance, but I do think, man, it would be, be tough to win in San Fran. And um, they're kind of our, you know, you know, our arch nemesis right now in the playoffs. So I do have us losing 31 to 23. Go ahead, buddy. So I did also pick San Francisco to win. I do think it's going to be a closer game. Um, and it may, <clears throat> it may be a little bit of garbage time, you know, like maybe the Packers will score late, but I have San Francisco 30 to 27. Oh, okay. So now that it's my turn to talk from the head, I'm just going to give a little update since I forgot to last week. I apologize. Uh, I've been keeping scores uh, for the Packers score challenge. Congratulations, Bryant. You win. Yeah. Did a great job. You're only 17 points away from the total score. Nice. Uh, Tyler second. I got last. I owe $100 to our sponsorship. You suck. No, I'm just kidding. That's a good good cause anyways. That sucks, but you know what? It's going to a good cause, so I'm happy about that. Um, But my score for this game, I also have Packers scoring 23. I say have San Francisco scoring 25 and being a little bit better than us. Um, I think this is going to be a really, really good game. It's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's going to be it's going to be a good one. The Packers are going to are going to hang in there, man. And people are really going to be uh, it's going to be an eye opener for a lot of people, I think, because a lot of people have the San Francisco as a class in the NFC, right? So if the Packers are hanging with them and it's a game in the fourth quarter, even going down to the final possession in the divisional round, which by the way the the 49ers have won. Uh, I believe it was four, five straight at home. Uh, that includes uh, in the division round, that includes two against us. Um, and the Packers tied the Patriots last week for most wins in postseason history. If San Francisco wins this game, they make it a three-way tie uh, at the top for most wins in postseason history. So 
Sadly, I have San Francisco winning. I think we're just a year away. I'm really excited yeah, yep. for this team, but with the ammunition, a little bit of cap space opening up here in the next yep. few years, you know, you never know. We could shock the world this year, but I, kind of like we've been talking about all year, we're kind of like one year ahead of where Aaron started, yep. and we we happen to win the game instead of lose to Arizona, right? So <laughs> see what happens here. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing where we're all coming from with this before we do our heart predictions, but we, we are already satisfied with where the Packers are. Really, all we want from this game is to be competitive. Like, I don't want the Packers to lose, like, 40 to 10. Like, that would be a bummer. But if it's a, if it's a close game and we can say next Friday, like, hey, the Packers played the 49ers tough. Like, they left it out there. Like, that's what we want. I want yeah. us to have a chance to win it in the fourth. I don't think we pull it out, but that's what I want. I agree with that. Yeah. Just so, if we were to lose, I want us to win. But if we're going to lose, I want it right. to be that fashion. Right. Yeah. All right, Simon, give me your score prediction from the heart. I I think there's a possibility we win this game. I, I think yep. the last four weeks or so, this, I mean, they've been playing extremely well. And yeah, I, I think they can go in there and, and win this game. I, I have us winning 30-28. Ooh, very close. Bill said from the head, 24-21 Niners. Uh, from the heart, 28-27 Packers on a last-second field goal by Carlson. Let's go. That, that would be, wild, be the most it? hilarious thing of all time. Break out <laughs> another – just break out another apology form while we're at it. I guess I'd be interested in how to a field goal gets us to 28. But um, that's my prediction. My heart is 28-27 Packers. So he, uh, he drilled my heart prediction too. Uh, mine was 28-27 Packers, but I'll say by a, you know, touchdown leading drive by Jordan Love in the fourth quarter, two minutes, less than two minutes remaining. So, uh, Scott asked, how did the Vikings beat them? I mean, I mentioned already the time of possession is part of it. Um, but that said, um, Brian, did you give your score You're from the heart? Yeah, my yeah. heart is the exact same as Bill's, 28-27. to 27. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, I was reading Scott. Scott said 35-38 pack on a Carlson field goal. Um, I'm just going to ignore Chris's comment because it's clearly false. <laughs> and I'm the host, so I can do that. Um, my score picking from the heart. So let me just say this. I don't think this is necessarily going to happen. <laughs> but I, I couldn't put it any other way. So the 49ers took three straight losses in October, scoring 17 points. And my heart is no longer going to underestimate the Packers' offense. So I'm calling for a double up from the heart. I'm going to say 34-17 Packers. Damn. Oh, man. Bro. That's my heart saying that. That's Dude, my heart. We're going there and beat them 34-17. We're going to the Super Bowl. I'm going to start booking travel. Like, I agree with you. I'm going to say this. Regardless of who wins this game, whoever wins this game is going to the Super Bowl. That's how I feel. I think I'm so, I'm going to be honest. I still, I'm. This is really hard for me to say. Um, I'm not. I can't even look at the camera. Uh, if we beat them and Detroit wins, I still see a scenario where we lose to Detroit. I want to just be. Well, yeah. Detroit's but, not going to be there by accident. If but if they win this game, you know, we went through this entire season with no expectations. I was actually talking to my my guy at work, Glenn, and I was like, "Bro, I keep going through the season, no expectations. After big wins, nope, nope, I'm not going there." After losses, nope, I'm not going there. It's going to be really, really hard for my brain not to just go like, we are the best. 
suck it. We're going to beat every team. We're winning number five. Like, it's going to be really hard for my brain not to do that, man. I don't do know it, if I'll be able to call it if we beat Tampa. Or go, just go scream in your car and just shake the steering wheel and shit. Dude, I, I am going to be ungodly toxic if we go to the NFC Championship game. Dude, just start talking shit to little kids on Madden. <laughs> I can't do that. I keep getting banned, okay? Um, <laughs> How sick would it be, though? Like, could you imagine if we win this game and then Tampa Bay wins? So we exercise the demons of San Francisco, and then we turn around and exercise the demons of Tampa Bay? Like... Would love that. They would put a statue of Jordan Love on Lambeau Field this year. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm in. Um, Did you see that that like that's where I'm, you know, just wishful thinking. I don't like. We, I think we're all level-headed to think we're probably a year or two away yet, but yeah. we're all very excited. Did you uh, see my, that thing online where it's like Tom Clements deserves his own statue in Detroit or uh, in Green Bay? Oh. Dude, I'm with it. I'm totally yeah. on board. I think that's. Right. I, I was like, hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you know, you know. Tom Clements, absolutely. Uh, Taylor, Jake, you, what's yours? Taylor, I still have to play you. You don't want this work, I promise you. Um, my heart prediction is 30-27 to 27 Green Bay. Uh, not a game-winning field goal. Uh, we get the 30 because of a missed extra point. I'm sorry, Anders. I didn't mean to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I knew you would like that one, dude. <laughs> I did that for you, Brian. <laughs> Chris said of Green Bay is one thing going for him. It's the, one of the biggest advantages is they don't have a true number one. It's a, it's. I have to imagine it's difficult to build a defensive game plan when the ball is all over the field. Like, where the hell did Melton come from? He came from <laughs> Seattle's practice squad. He also so, came uh, from Seattle fumbling the bag over there, too. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. All right. Simon says, Bryant, you have like seven of them over there, I'm guessing. So, uh, I'll let you go first. <laughs> all right. You just want all three of them or just one? Um, let's, do, let's just do all three. Okay. Yeah, let it rip. So my offensive one, after one catch for nine yards combined last week, Reed and Watson combined to go for 175 plus yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> I'm with it. I'm with it. I already have Reed penciled in for, for 172, so I'm good, bro. <laughs> you said 175? Yeah, Watson needs a game. It's been a while. I'm in. Like, yeah, I would love that. They just shred them. Yeah, I don't love that. There. We all have Simon says. Simon, do you have any? Uh, I have Gary having a three-sack game. Okay. Let oh. me say this. Simon, I'll let you think of another one for offense if you want to. But if anybody's all come true, shirtless outside. <laughs> Fuck no, dude. It's like negative 30 next week. Fuck it up. It almost happened to me. It can happen to There's you. Yeti's I, li- I live in negative 30-degree <laughs> weather. What do you mean? If if both mine come true, I'll do it. If I'll tell you. I'm true, a super outlandish one for offense. Then okay. Well, here. How about this? If mine comes true, because it's regarding Reed and Watson. If I'll give away, uh, I have a Reed signed a Michigan State card. I'll give it away to a follower on the oh, channel. Okay. All right. All right. I'm mm. with that. I'm with that. Do you want my offensive one real quick? No. Let Let Bryant rip all in. Okay. okay. So okay. my defense. Um, Packers defense produces five sacks and two turnovers. Oh, God damn. Oh, <laughs> the one where I said no, and now I'm like actually thinking about <laughs> We did that in the first half against the Vikings. What's up, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> True in the first half. I think it's possible. Packers actually been sacking the hell out of quarterbacks lately. Yeah. I'm with it. 
What? Did I say something wrong? No, you just said something weird. Just caught me at the right moment. <laughs> um, so my last one, my bonus one, right? I think I think we all believe that if we're going to win this game, we probably need some kind of like defensive special teams touchdown. So my prediction is the special teams, the Packers get a return touchdown this game. Oh, oh boy. Nixon, Nixon, look at the, this is why I'm thinking this. With the weather – and Moody hasn't been – I think that's their kicker, right? Yeah, no, been Moody. Smoking it through the end zone. I think Nixon's going to get some return opportunities this game. Um, and I feel like, you know, the magic comes to life and he breaks one off. and Somebody slips trying to tackle him? I could I could see it. So that's, that's a pretty bold one. But if we're going to win, we need something like that. So I'm calling for it. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's either <clears throat> it's either like a special teams play like that or – yeah, I mean, perfection on both I said return touchdown, but I guess we could expand it to like maybe we could turn around and block a punt on them like they did to us or something. Right. Um, Jake, you want to go first or you want me to go first with mine? You go first. I just like Chris's response. That's funny. Mine are, <laughs> mine are pretty simple. So mine both revolve around the quarterbacks. So mine for offense is Jordan Love, four touchdowns, all to different players. Ooh, I like that. I love that. I actually yeah. do love that. That's awesome. I hope that happens. And then defense, I had to stick with what I said about Brock Purdy, three interceptions. If we get three, he has a three, he has a one, three interception game. He has two twos and a four. Yeah, he has a four. Oh, he has a four. Who's the four verse? Ravens. Ravens. Oh, yeah. Mm. He was in the season of giving, remember? Yeah. (laughs) That was the last game he played in Santa Clara, wasn't it? Maybe not. I don't know about three. Well, over, under, couple. on two and a half. <laughs> under. So you're thinking like two? You would yeah. do two, but not three? Yeah. All right. I'll stand by what I said. Shirtless outside if it happens, if they both happen. Okay, All right, deal. Jake. Give yours. All right, real quick. Uh, pat myself in the back because I got both my right last week. I don't even need Simon to tell me if it's going to come true. That's how good I am. But uh... <laughs> Settle down. I know, I know. Settle down. I was feeling good for a sec there. Um, now, now you have to take it a step further and make it more ridiculous. So when they happen, no, no, no. I like to like use my brain and then think of stuff that can happen. Um, so Musgrave <laughs> and Kraft last week combined for five for seventy-seven and a touchdown. This week they're going to combine for eight for ninety-four and two touchdowns. They each get a touchdown. Each, each are going to get one touchdown from Jordan Love to help make Tyler's prediction true, so he can run around sides. Uh, Shirtless. Yep. On defense, I went through the the rack yards that they have, and I told you they average 102.9 per game. If the Packers are going to win this game, they're going to hold them under 50 rack yards. Ooh. Ooh. <clears throat> That'll be big. That'll be huge. I, can't I agree, Clark. I don't Let's think go. I can go 50. Yeah, I want to go look That would at be it. ridiculous, dude. <laughs> I got to go game go like, by game. That would be fun. Let me go like 80. I guess I could honestly see. I think eighty is more realistic, but it was bold, so I was like, "Fuck it, cut it in half, fifty. I gotta look something up. I mean, it's gonna take a while, but what are you looking up? I'm seeing how many rack uh, yak we give up every week. Oh, that's actually interesting. I should have also done that before making this prediction. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, yeah, they're pretty good at it. I'm just going to, you know, cut the number in half. <clears throat> they're pretty good at this. I'm going to predict that they do 50% of their normal output. <laughs> okay, that's not bad. 
We can right. uh, move well, along, close it out. <laughs> while Simon looks that up, I want to take a second to appreciate everybody who's commenting along. Uh, lots of comments in here. Everybody who stuck around to watch the whole episode, really appreciate it. Um, think we're planning on doing a post game live after the game tomorrow. I believe that's the plan. Um, so can uh, hang out with us for that. After that, yeah, uh, Chris well. said going to be tough to keep the yak lowest CMC out there and Debo. Absolutely. Scott said, I hope it's a close game. No blowouts unless it's in favor of green Bay. Then I'll take a blowout, but that's awesome. Yes. And that's the thing we said. We just want everything to be competitive at the end of the day and just feel like the Packers had a chance. That's, that's what we're after. So, Simon, you almost done uh, doing some research over there? Or? Uh, so far, I'm on week 11. There's only been one game where we allowed less than 50 <clears throat> yards. Oh, okay. I mean, we've got cool. 19 people waiting for your answer, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, Looking at this, I'm going no. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be a stout game. Chop, chop, PFF monkey. Yeah. <laughs> he said no. Did you guys see uh, J.J. Watt no, on Pat McAfee show, by the way? Dude, he a what? literally shit on PFF. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Like, yeah, that. built to the Badgers one. Yeah, I know. I was the thing like, is, like, he was only really shitting on the grades. Like, the rest of it. Like, like, like we do. We say, yeah, that's that's what, kind of what we well, do is we don't necessarily use the grades all the time. Um, But it's a good, useful tool. Okay, here's another. I one. think they tell, like, a baseline story, but not the whole yeah. thing. And they, yeah, I think right. they try to get too cute with it. He did kind of shit on them overall, saying that like they come in there and they act like they're smarter and they have better ways to do stuff. And yeah, he would. But he everyone that uses stuff, everyone but... that creates a tool is going to act like that, though, because they want to say that their tool is the best and they did this, some sort of algorithm or whatever the you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't like the grades either, but you one know, game is a good baseline to kind of get a feel for. Who was it against? I'll give you guys a guess. Bears. Well, who was it against? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Guess. Bears. No. Close. Falcons? The the Bears was the next closest game. Chris, the Chargers? Yeah, yeah. Was it the Vikings? Oh, no, the Chargers killed us. The, it was the, the Rams. Rams. Oh, Rams. Yeah. oh, yeah. Probably should have been able to guess that. I should have known that. I was at that game. and we, They didn't do nothing. So. Uh, Jason said Packers 38, 49ers 31. I could that would be exciting. That would be exciting. I mean, both both teams are top ten in red zone opportunities. Yeah, and they, they could, both. It has a. It has and we a, saw the Packers score long touchdowns last week. So. Yep. Yeah, they they both uh, are top five in in motion usage as well. I mean, nobody's near the freaking Dolphins, but <laughs> but they're both they're both top five in that, three and four in that. So they run th- these teams mirror each other. It's just that. The 49ers are a team that is veteran, been in the playoffs, and they're they're really their Super Bowl window is kind of closing, in my opinion. They have a lot of guys that are getting older and a lot of guys that are gonna be up for contracts soon. I was kind of doing a little research on that. And then you have the Packers that are just restarting everything, but you know, with the same, you know, product that they're putting out there in terms of scheme, um, especially on the offensive side, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be the chess match. Yeah, looking forward to it. So again. Thanks, everybody, for watching, commenting. We will probably see you guys tomorrow night. Otherwise, next Friday, we'll be back to recap the game. So, again, thanks, everybody, for commenting and sticking around. We'll see you guys later. Peace out. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) I was waiting for it.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.